You're listening to a sermon preached at University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theupc.org. Well, welcome to this special service of worship celebrating Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit descended on the early church. Did you know that the word conspire means to breathe together? I want to invite you to try something with me. On account of one, on account of three, let's all take a deep breath. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Now hold it and exhale. All right, we've just launched a conspiracy. <laughs> you can hear the word spirit in there too. To conspire, to be filled with the same spirit, the same wind. What happens when we come together to worship God is that the Holy Spirit swoops down among us and, and offers us the chance to join in God's conspiracy to share his love and his grace with the world. Barbara Brown Taylor very imaginatively describes the last moments of Jesus. When Jesus let go of his last breath, willingly, we believe, for love of us, that breath hovered in the air in front of him for a moment, and then it was set loose on earth. It was such pungent breath, so full of passion, so full of life, that it did not simply dissipate as so many breaths do. It grew in strength and in volume until it was a mighty wind which God sent spinning through an upper room in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. God wanted to make sure that Jesus' friends were the inheritors of Jesus' breath, and it worked. Before the day was over, the church had grown from 120 to over 3,000. Shy people had become bold, scared people had become gutsy, and lost people had found a sure sense of direction. The question for us to consider this morning is, do we still believe in a God like that? Do we still believe in a God who blows through closed doors and sets our hearts and our minds on fire? Do we still believe in a God with power to transform us, both individually and as a people? Well, I believe the good news is that the Holy Spirit does still act in our lives. Whether it's giving us a second wind or enabling us to speak with an eloquence you know you do not have or offering forgiveness that you had not meant to offer, the Spirit is alive and kicking. I still believe in a God who acts like that. And more importantly, I believe we still experience a God who acts like that. Just this past March, a group of international and American college students took a mission trip down to San Francisco to serve with the homeless in the Tenderloin neighborhood of that city. That's the poorest neighborhood uh, in San Francisco. And one night, groups of us went around the neighborhood, we walked around on a prayer walk, and we walked around to known brothels in that area, and we prayed over those brothels. We prayed that God would help to free these women held in bondage. And one group in particular went up to one of those brothels, and they prayed not only for freedom for the captives, they prayed 
that God would act to close that place down. The next morning, the very next morning, we walked by that brothel and the city had shut it down. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's join the gospel of the Holy Spirit conspiracy and see what happens next. Breathe on us, Holy Spirit, and set our hearts on fire. Amen. Well, I'd like to, uh, if you don't know him already, I'd like to introduce you to Pete Anderson. Um, Pete is a longtime EPC member. Um, so yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background? Okay, I was uh, born in Brooklyn, New York. At the ripe age of six weeks, my family moved to Southern California, where it's alleged that I grew up. Um, <laughs> there's some question about that. More of you probably know me as Mr. Helen Anderson, my wife. <laughs> um, I have two grown sons, two daughters, two grandchildren. Uh, I one went, wife. One wife. Okay, good. Try and keep that even. Yeah. <laughs> um, can't imagine more than one wife. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have the energy? <laughs> um, going back a little bit, uh, I studied architecture at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. Uh, then uh, went to grad school at Regent College, studied theology. Wait, so you have an architecture degree and then you went to study theology. So how, how do those two, what's the relationship between those two? Well, um, when, I, when I graduated from Cal Poly, I started working in architecture in Southern California. And I realized that I had a Christian faith that said, integrate everything you do with Christ. Christ is involved in everything. And I realized I had a university degree in, in architecture, a professional track, and I had probably fifth grade understanding of theology from Sunday school. Um, and so I looked for, for places to go and integrate my faith. And uh, Regent was actually founded uh, with the idea of people integrating their faith with their professions by giving them a graduate level understanding of theology. Wow. Okay. Um, so I went to Regent and... Um, I, I looked for what does it mean to be uh, a Christian and in the practice of architecture? How, how does that change what I do? Or, and I figured all buildings should be in the shape of a cross. <laughs> um, turns out they had some scholars that were working on a much deeper level and they helped, helped open my eyes to a few other things. And so my thesis um, for my master's degree there uh, focused on uh, what is architecture, what's architecture for, and then a critique of modern and postmodern theory. And I won't go into the full critique. Um, that takes several hundred pages. But, but the idea of architecture, whether you look at it as purely a high art form of uh, large sculpture that we happen to inhabit, or you look at it on a more basic level of simply housing uh, people, architecture is for people. And that led me to look at who are we as people. And as we look in Genesis, we find very quickly that all people are created to have dignity as the image of God. That 
people are created to be in relationships and that we were given the task of responsibility of stewardship over this planet. And so you may ask, what, is, what does that mean for architecture? What does that mean for architecture? <laughs> so more than just listening to clients with respect, um, I think it, it involves designing buildings that foster relationship or create opportunities for that. Um, simple example, elementary schools, clustering classrooms, creating alcoves for conversation, creating flexible space for a variety of relationships and interactions to happen. I think respecting dignity has led me to um, something I've gotten a fair amount of flack for with some school districts, is why the custodian office needs to have a window. Um, and I argue the custodian and the principal both have the same level of dignity. They are both in the image of God. Certainly, certainly different tasks, certainly different desks and workstations, mm -hmm. but natural light um, affecting that. Um, before it was popular to be green, um, stewardship is a responsibility. And so that leads to questions of embodied energy and steel versus wood and uh, sustainable design and um, life cycle cost analysis versus getting it up quick and easy. So how do we be responsible with the planet? Yeah. Um, I think an example that maybe brings this together, and if you look on the picture, there's a picture of White Center Heights Elementary School. And this was a very meaningful project to me. White Center Heights has what is referred to um, in the programming world, 100% free and reduced lunch students. Mm -hmm. That means they're poor. Mm -hmm. um, and we were able to design White Center Heights the same year I worked on a new elementary school up on the plateau in Issaquah. And we were able to bring the same level of design, the same thoughtfulness, the same quality to both these communities as disparate as they were. Wow. Um, to give you an idea of, of White Center, uh, when the principal wants to uh, send a message home that the, that the parents that do read, uh, that they would be able to understand, she would send it home in about 25 languages. Wow. Um, a large group of newcomers to our country. Um, Helen and I and, and my kids have had the privilege of hosting uh, refugees from Kosovar and Somalia. And I think that gave me insight into seeing some of the questions and some of the challenges of that community. And so we were able to, to integrate some of those things into the facility. Um, we did give design presentations where I had three translators <laughs> each speaking several languages um, just to communicate what the design of the building was. So it's been a, it's been a privilege. Wow, that is, that is amazing. How, how can we as a congregation pray for you or even join you in this, this kind of ministry? Well, I would invite you to join me in integrating your faith in what you do. Yeah. Um, you know, Regent College is just up the road <laughs> here in Vancouver. They have a one-year diploma program take a year, go up and study. Oh. For those that don't have that opportunity, there are summer school classes and things. And actually here at UPC, 
this fall, um, we're bringing a 10-week regent course called Reframe right here, probably in Calvin. Look for it in September. 10 weeks, no homework. <laughs> um, but the focus of, of the course is how do you integrate your faith into, into all of your life, and in particular, how you live out your professions? Well, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. Let me, let me say a prayer for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Pete. We thank you for his, his example of integrating faith with his work in architecture. And we thank you for these kids at, the, at White Center and the families. And we pray, Lord, that they would also be filled with your spirit. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. I'm Valerie Giesbrecht. I'm the director of the Language Institute, and I'm going to be asking... Patricia, a few questions. Do you have a microphone? I'll give you my microphone. Okay. First of all, uh, Patricia, can you tell us a little bit about your background? What brought you to UPC? Yes. Uh, so my husband, Dorel, and I are Brazilians. And we have been in Seattle at about one year and a half now. And uh, my husband is doing postdoctoral research at UW. And before we moved, we had decided to live close to his work and to attend a church near to our neighborhood. So we discovered UPC, and we were very glad because we were members of a Presbyterian church in Brazil as well. So tell me more about how did you get a connection here? How did you get more involved? So quickly, I started to attend English classes at the Language Institute. And I can say the most of English that I know, I have learned there. So thank you for that. <laughs> and as I started to become more confident with my English, I wanted to get more involved in the UPC's activities. So I started to go to Global Friends, I became a member of the Cathedral Choir. Uh, after, uh, after some time, I, I could practice my English going to after talk and uh, discussing what we have understood from the sermon and meet with other internationals as well. And finally, I started to attend a, a class, very important to me, called English Through the Bible, which inspired me to start personal Bible studies with my classmates. So can you tell us more about English Through the Bible? Yeah, so uh, when I first came there at, at about one year ago, it was only the teacher and one student. And I couldn't understand because the class was so amazing and I felt so blessed there. And I said to myself, why does this class have only one student? So I decided to spread the word to my classmates at the Language Institute, telling them how much vocabulary I have learned, how much peace I felt there, and they start to come. And today we have a wonderful class full of people. It's a full class, folks. I was there last week. Really amazing. So I heard that you not only attended this class, but you were starting little Bible studies on your own. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so in this class, uh, besides learning English, we can create a very strong connection with one another because we talk about spiritual things. And I could feel a true interest uh, from some of my classmates to learn more about Jesus. And even with my low level in English, I felt strong and ready. And I can say that the Holy Spirit enabled me to do that for the Lord. So wonderful. Thank you, Patricia. How can we be praying for you this time, QPC? So, 
you have many ways to get involved. Uh, one of them is to volunteer at the Language Institute. Uh, you agree with me, they need yeah. teachers, assistants, and uh, you can as well tutor in San Juan or uh, simply financially contribute as well. Uh, you can be part of the After Talk project. They normally meet uh, after morning service and have great conversations about the sermon. But please use an easy English for internationals. <laughs> and we are more than invited to come to our Global, global Friends Gathering on Friday nights. They need people to help to cook, to uh, sitting up, serving food, uh, helping with kids, cleaning up. And you can simply come as well to, to share your testimony with others. And the most important thing is to pray, pray for mm -hmm. all those projects that are going on at UPC and ask to God to, to give us encouragement and sensibility to, to love, to embrace and see in every person his true image, although our differences. And I have a message for you that I wrote. So everybody needs to feel welcomed, loved and safe. Every member can be a minister, whatever you are. God can empower you as he did with me. My beginner English level wasn't a barrier to me to do what he commanded us to do, preach the word. If we keep quiet, even the stones will cry out. So let's spread the gospel. You just need a heart to serve and share with joy the hope that he gave to us. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. So we just want to pray for Patricia for a few minutes. Please bow your heads. God, we just give thank you. We give thanks for your servant, Patricia, and we thank you for her courage and for her infectious enthusiasm for loving you, for loving this church, and for loving every student that walks through the doors. Teach us to look beyond our barriers and to welcome and to love as Jesus did. Amen. For more UPC audio or to find out about service times, visit us at upc.org. All online audio is available on CD and cassette. To order copies of sermons and classes, please visit upc.org audio, email audio at upc.org, or call 206-524-7301, extension 117.